0: Blue Iron welcome to the my sports update football podcast I am your host Ari mayrov and here we are it is week 16 of the football season the playoff picture is starting to take place there's still some things that have to be cleared up we'll get into all that and all the scenarios that we have coming up this week we'll also talk about Josh Gordon who was once again suspended on Monday he is suspended indefinitely we'll go into all the details there. We'll also talk about the Patriots videotaping scandal, which took a turn on Sunday when Fox put out an exclusive video of the incident that took place in Cleveland a couple of weeks ago. Also in this episode, we talk about some coaches who are in trouble with two weeks remaining in the football season and the mess that is going on in Cleveland. All that and more coming up. But first, I do want to Make an announcement something that I've been teasing over the last couple of weeks. It is now official. I am proud to join the Blue Wire Pods Network. The My Sports Update football podcast is now officially with Blue Wire. We have a new logo and everything. Blue Wire CEO Kevin Jones is doing a tremendous job building up Blue Wire to where it is now. They have over 70 sports podcasters in their network, whether it is football, basketball, baseball, hockey, whatever it is, they have it and I'm excited to join them as well. We'll have Kevin on the pod at some point as a guest, so I look forward to that. With all that being said, let's get straight to it. Let's get to business. Let's talk some football. Here we go with the My Sports Update Football Podcast. So, I want to start off this week with the Patriots videotaping scandal. I talked about it last week. I mentioned last week how Jay Glazer is one of those insiders in the NFL. When he says something, you go with it. So on Sunday, Glazer comes out with an exclusive video of the Patriots videotaping the Bengals sideline a couple of weeks ago during their game versus the Cleveland Browns. In the video, you can hear the Patriots videographer talking to the Bengals employee and the videographer keeps on saying that he'll delete the video, he made a mistake. The Bengals employee tells him that it's too late now, the damage is done. Whatever it is, it is a terrible look for the the Patriots. They were videotaping the sideline for eight minutes, according to reports. For those who remember, Glazer also had the Patriots' Spygate video in 2007. So anyways, the league is investigating this. The Patriots continue to say that it was an accident. It has nothing to do with the football operation. It has nothing to do with Bill Belichick. They weren't trying to cheat, and it was just a dumb mistake. I personally still have a hard time believing that the Patriots Purposely did this to try to get any sort of competitive advantage. I mean, why would they send a guy wearing the full-fledged Patriots gear with the Patriots logo on his sweatshirt, um, a Patriots cap, to the press box in front of everyone and expect to get away with it? It just doesn't make any sense. I was speaking to somebody earlier this week, and he was telling me how it's the Patriots and it's Bill Belichick, and of course they're going to deny it, but they've done it before. They're trying to cheat. And I know they've done it in the past. We all know about Spygate. But it just doesn't make any sense. Like, the Astros in baseball, we all know there was cheating there. It's clear and obvious. In this case with the Patriots, there's nothing clear and obvious whatsoever. Why would they do it in the press box in front of everyone? There's people from the Browns. There's people from the Bengals in the press box. They see you. Um, It just doesn't make any sense that they would do that. So, what will happen to the Patriots? That's the question everyone wants to know. First and foremost, the league is trying to move really quickly on this. They want to have something done by the end of the week. That is what they want. We'll see if that's possible, but that is their hope. I've seen some people shouting that the league must suspend Bill Belichick for the rest of the season. No, that is not going to happen. What will happen is most likely they're going to get a fine. The Patriots are going to be fined by the NFL. In 2016, the Giants were fined $200,000 because Ben McAdoo was using walkie-talkies on the sideline. In 2017, or in 2016 actually, the Atlanta Falcons lost a fifth-round pick and they were fined $350,000 for using fake uh, for fake crowd noise in their stadium. So we've seen punishments in the past, but for those two instances with the Giants and the Falcons, they were actually cheating. They were actually doing stuff and knew what they were doing. The question over here becomes was their intent? Did the Patriots actually know about this? Did Bel Belichick know about this? Did somebody in the football operation with the Patriots know about this? That is the question. If it's the video production, the completely opposite side of the Patriots building, who went to Cleveland, got credentials, and videotaped the Bengals sideline, then they're probably just going to get a fine. If somebody in the football operation knew about it, then the league will go a little bit further and maybe take away a draft pick as well. But to suspend somebody to do what happened in Bounty Gate or Deflate Gate or something like that, that is not going to happen. These fans who are screaming that it has to happen because it's the Patriots and it's not the first time, it is not going to happen like that. So um, we'll see what happens. Most likely we'll have an answer at the end of the week and we can finally move on from this story. Let's shift over to a former Patriot. On Monday, the NFL suspended Seahawks wide receiver Josh Gordon indefinitely for another violation of the substance abuse policy. It is sad, it's unfortunate, it's a shame because I keep on saying this every time that Josh Gordon gets suspended. I bring up the fact that in 2013, Josh Gordon put up 87 receptions For 1,646 yards and 9 touchdowns. And he did all of that in just 14 games. He led the league in receiving yards. His quarterbacks that season were Jason Campbell and Brandon Whedon. It's just so much talent that goes down the drain. And this could very well be it for Josh Gordon in the NFL. It is his fifth time being suspended for a substance abuse violation five times. I mean, it's just not normal. He had a very big 58-yard catch on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers, and when he made that play, I was telling myself that, wow, it looks like these Seahawks are finally getting Josh Gordon involved. He wasn't that involved since getting there a few weeks ago, but a big 58-yard catch, an impressive catch. Um, maybe Russell Wilson will start looking to him more, and then this happens. I mean, he got to play with Tom Brady. He got to play with Russell Wilson. People were saying that he was having trouble because he was in Cleveland and the situation there wasn't great. Put him in a better situation and he'll be a better person and he won't have any of these problems. Listen, he got to play with Bill Belichick and the Patriots, it can't get any better than that, and then you get to go to Seattle with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, and he still couldn't get he could he couldn't stay clean. He had a suspension last year as a member of the Patriots. He got reinstated in the offseason, played the start of the year with the Patriots, got cut. No one understood why he got cut. But I'm starting to think that I don't know if the Patriots knew about a suspension coming, but maybe they just saw Josh Gordon acting differently in the building and they decided to cut him loose he went to Seattle it didn't make a difference and now the NFL suspends him and again this could very well be it for Josh Gordon just so much talent wasted Moving on, also on Monday, the Kansas City Chiefs made a move. They claimed veteran pass rusher Terrell Suggs off of waivers from the Arizona Cardinals. And there was a report over the weekend that Suggs wouldn't report to any team unless it was his former team, the Baltimore Ravens. And I'll say it was a good try by Suggs. Why not? You want to get back to Baltimore, the best team in football. But teams still wanted to get Suggs. And four teams put in a claim for Terrell Suggs. It was the Kansas City Chiefs, the Seattle Seahawks, the San Francisco 49ers, and the New Orleans Saints. But Kansas City had the highest priority because they have the worst record out of those four teams. It's weird saying worst record when the Kansas City Chiefs are playing are, are doing so well. but they are the quote-unquote, worst team from the group of four over there. Um, Suggs did report to the Chiefs on Tuesday. He's a competitor. He wants to win. And the Chiefs need him because on Sunday, they lost Alex Okafor to a pec injury. He will miss the rest of the season. So Suggs will step right in and replace him. And the interesting thing about the Chiefs is that they are 2-0 Versus Lamar Jackson. Since Lamar Jackson became the Ravens starting quarterback last year... They beat him last season and they beat him again early on this season in week 4. So adding a player like Suggs obviously doesn't hurt. It only helps you get a veteran presence on the defense, a competitor, a guy who wants to win, who's going to push his teammates, and best of all, you keep him away from the Baltimore Ravens. Suggs this season has 5.5 sacks. He's forced a few fumbles as well. He still has gas left in the tank. And the other part about the Chiefs is that at least to me, it feels like the Chiefs are getting overlooked a bit. I keep on hearing the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, the Patriots, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, but Mahomes is Fully healthy from that kneecap injury, they've won three in a row, and on the defensive side of the ball, Tyrand Matthew, their free agent pickup from the offseason, he has been an integral part of their success this year. Don't sleep on the Chiefs, they added another player now of Terrell Suggs. This is a team that could make a run, and a team that you might not want to face come playoff time. Another player claimed off waivers this Monday was Janoris Jenkins, the former Giants cornerback. He gets claimed by the New Orleans Saints and the reason why Jenkins was available in the first place was because he tweeted an offensive word to a fan during practice and when he had a chance to apologize, he didn't apologize, he told reporters that in his culture that word which he used is a slang word. It's just, just a terrible situation all around. Um, the Giants cut him loose on Friday, and now the Saints get some much-needed secondary help. Jenkins had one really bad game this season. It was in Week 3 or Week 4 against the Buccaneers when he allowed Mike Evans to have three touchdowns. And he's had some other bad moments as well, but he's also had some high mo- some good moments Um, as a New York Giant this year. He isn't what he once was, but he's also not coming in and being asked to be the number one cornerback for the Saints. They have Marshawn Lattimore doing that. So putting Jenkins on the other side, and that will be a very big boost to that secondary in New Orleans. Moving on to a topic that I discussed a little bit last week, and that is the current situation in Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns, they are a hot mess. Odell Beckham Jr., he does not want to be there. It is just clear and obvious already. He isn't saying it publicly, but it's been reported by reliable people. And on top of that, you can use your very own two eyes and see that Odell does not want to be in Cleveland. Odell's buddy, Jarvis Landry, he reportedly told Cardinals players and coaches during Sunday's game to come and get him. And Landry also in that game got in Freddie Kitchen's face and he told him that he's not happy with how the coach is using him and how he's not getting many opportunities. And regardless if this report is true or not, it's just not a good look at all and the browns get the ravens this week and baltimore is looking to secure that number 1 seed in the afc and if you remember earlier this season the browns actually beat the ravens early on and the ravens are not going to forget that they remember that and they're going to look not just to beat Cleveland, but to destroy Cleveland this week. It's obviously a rivalry game. And if the Browns lose this week, I think it's safe to assume that A, Freddie Kitchens will most likely not be back next season, and then B, there will be more rumors of Odell wanting out and Jarvis not being happy, and this whole thing is really going to blow up. And this once again proves that winning in the offseason does not equal winning during the season. And I know there was a report on Sunday from NFL Network that the Browns want to keep Freddie Kitchens. That report, if you read it, it said like this. It said, barring a horrific collapse of circumstances to end the season, and, you know, I didn't tweet this news because there were so many he was The report was literally just tiptoeing around the situation. In other words, Freddie Kitchen still might get fired, but the Browns want to keep him. You know, it's not, it isn't being straight up telling us the Browns are keeping Freddie Kitchen. It's not what was happening in that report, so I would be stunned. If the Browns bring back Freddie Kitchens after the season, I believe it will be one and done for Freddie, and Cleveland will look for a veteran head coach like Mike McCarthy, like Aaron Rivera, someone who has experience, someone who can control the room. That's who they need right now, and we'll see what happens with Odell and Landry in the offseason. That will be up to John Dorsey, but um, this team has a lot of fixing to do. It just isn't the team... The way it's built right now is just not built correctly. The coaching staff, Freddie Kitchens is a good is a good coach. He's just not a head coach. He could be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Same thing applies to Pat Shormer with the Giants. He's not a head coach. He's an offensive coordinator. He isn't there yet. So with that being said, we'll see what happens in the offseason, but it's going to be a very long offseason for the Cleveland Browns, and um, it's all going to start with the head coach. Speaking of coaches, two teams have already fired their coaches this year and history says that several other teams are going to fire their coaches in the coming weeks as well. The Redskins and Panthers already have an opening with Ron Rivera and Jay Gruden fired during the season. And there used to be a Black Monday in the NFL when teams would wait until Monday to fire their head coaches. That doesn't even happen anymore. Some teams just fire their head coaches on Sunday immediately after the final game of the season. Anyways, the Detroit Lions announced on Tuesday that Matt Patricia will be back for the 2020 season. He'll be back for a third season as as head coach of the Lions. The same goes for general manager Bob Quinn, who will be back for a fifth season. Owner Martha Ford has made it clear that they are trying to build a culture in Detroit, and it takes time. And she is expecting a playoff run next season with both those guys leading the way. The Cowboys could win on Sunday over the Philadelphia Eagles and clinch the NFC East. That still does not mean that Jason Garrett is safe as head coach. If the Cowboys don't make the Super Bowl or the conference championship game, the sense is that Jason Garrett will be out. The Jaguars could be making some major moves. Doug Marone could be done as the head coach while Tom Coughlin might be out as the VP of Football Operations. GM Dave Caldwell is also not safe. He might be out as well. The Jaguars this week the NFL PA came out and said that 25% of grievances in the NFL come from the Jacksonville Jaguars. That could be um, something to do with Tom Coughlin, who's still very into the old-school era. Um, so the Jaguars could be making some major moves there. The New York Giants with head coach Pat Shurmur and Dave Gettleman. Both those guys could very well be done as well after two seasons. Owner John Mara is not happy. Seats are empty. The team can't win. The roster is terrible they could be looking for some new faces to revive that once-proud franchise. The Atlanta Falcons with Dan Quinn is a bit interesting because earlier in the year, it seemed like a given that he would be fired, but with wins over San Francisco, over New Orleans, over Carolina, and all three of those wins were on the road, by the way, that might make this the decision a bit harder For owner Arthur Blank, the team is playing hard for Quinn. So we will see what they do over there. And uh, and then obviously we have Freddie Kitchens and the Cleveland Browns. We just talked about them. We will see what they do. But um, I discussed him earlier, but the expectations were just too high in Cleveland. And it's been an epic failure. The one that needs to be watched... Very closely is Adam Gase and the New York Jets. Christopher Johnson, the owner, said about a month ago that Gase will be back for the 2020 season. But things change in the NFL, and the Jets have not played well. And Adam Gase and quarterback Sam Darnold got into a small little back and forth near the end of last Thursday night's game against the Baltimore Ravens. Things change in the NFL, and even though the owner said he'll be back that isn't a guarantee. Gase has not had a good season with the Jets. We'll see what they do. But um, it's coming to that time of year when coaches get fired and these people, we have to remember, they're, they're people. Um, they have families. They have kids. They have a wife. Um, getting fired is not an easy thing. I know fans root for it to happen, but it's a tough time of the year, and that is where it's... Um, Headed towards, with two weeks left in the season, we're going to have a lot, of, a lot of rumors and a lot of firings coming up in the NFL. So just get ready for that as it nears in the next two weeks. Obviously, we are in week 16 now. But before we get to all the good games that we have this week, we have to go back to week 8, week 9, week 10, week 11. And after each week, um, when it gets later on in the season, I tweet out the NFL draft order if the season ended that week. And obviously, fans, when their teams are out of it, they start rooting for draft position because where you draft is obviously very, very crucial. So as of right now, the Bengals are at one, the Giants are at two, the Dolphins are at three, the Redskins are at four, the Lions are at five, and so on and so forth. This week, in week 16, the Bengals take on the Dolphins, and the Bengals' loss would secure the number one overall pick, while another Dolphins win would slide the Dolphins back a couple of more slots in the NFL Draft. And then the even bigger game this week is this Giants vs. Redskins game, and you could very well just call it the Chase Young Bowl, because the loser of this game could very well end up getting the Ohio State stud, and that could end up being the difference between Dwayne Haskins getting sacked by Chase Young for years to come, Or Daniel Jones getting sacked by Chase Chase Young for years to come. Um, So the loser of that game will most likely have the number two overall pick. And then some draft analysts are already calling Chase Young better than both Bosa's when they came out and better than Jadeven Clowney when he came out. For the NFL Draft, we all think that Cincinnati ends up with the number one overall pick and they end up getting the Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow. And then whoever is number two will end up most likely getting Chase Young. There's a lot of time until we get to the NFL Draft and things change and things happen and the combine and there's interviews and there's trades. But um, this week will be a key week for draft positioning in the NFL. With two weeks left in the regular season, for the most part, we know which teams will be in the playoffs. In the NFC, you have the Seahawks, 49ers, Packers, Saints, and then the NFC East will either go to the Eagles or Cowboys. And then the final wildcard spot will most likely go to the Vikings, but the Rams are still in it. In order for the Rams to be in, they have to win their final two games and the Vikings have to lose their final two games. Over in the AFC, you have the Ravens and the Patriots are in, the Chiefs are in, the Bills are in, the Texans, Titans, and Steelers. One of those teams will not make it, so that is the current situation in the AFC. As for this week in Week 16, we have three games on Saturday. All three games have implications. First up on Saturday, we have the Texans and the Buccaneers at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern. The Texans clinch the AFC South. They're in with a win over Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers have been really hot as of late, and it's an interesting question. They're at 7-7 now on the year and Jameis Winston will be a free agent after the season. And he for some reason he opens up each game with an interception and then goes red hot and does really well. It's gonna be really interesting to see what the Buccaneers do this off season. We'll talk more about this later on, um, in a different episode when we get closer to free agency, but Jameis Winston, will they bring him back? The franchise tag is a bit expensive this year. Not really sure if the Buccaneers want to go in that direction, and with a 7-7 and record right now, they would have a draft pick somewhere in that 15, 16, 17 range. Not really sure if they could get a quarterback there. So what will the Buccaneers do if Jameis Winston He has two more games to prove the Buccaneers and try to get um, another deal with them? The second game is Bills and Patriots. Both these teams have clinched a playoff berth already. The Patriots will most likely have the AFC AFC East. Um, If they win the game, they clinch the AFC East. But even if even if they lose this game, um, they would have to lose again the week after versus Miami in order to lose the AFC East. That is unlikely to happen. But the Bills, they have another tough game here against New England and. Playing in front of the world like they did on Sunday night versus the Steelers and like they did on Thanksgiving versus the Cowboys, now they get another chance here with a Saturday game. The only team playing on Saturday um, in that time slot. The Bills have opened up some eyes around the country and now they have another chance to do that again. This defense is legit. I've been saying this for a long time. What Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have built in Buffalo from the defense to to revamping the offensive line, to the running backs with a Frank Gore veteran presence and a rookie of Devin Singletary and the wide receivers of Cole Beasley and John Brown, and then getting the quarterback by trading up for Josh Allen. What they're building there in Buffalo, it doesn't get that much credit nationally. It's starting to slowly get some credit but what they are building there is something really impressive and they're a team that you do not want to play you do not want to face in the playoffs. They're a very very tough team. They don't allow yardage. Um they make it difficult for other teams. So another good test here this week for them against the Patriots in Foxborough. This Rams versus 49ers game is the final game on Saturday. For the Rams, a loss here would eliminate them from playoff contention. And as for the 49ers, they're back at the 5 seed in the NFC after losing to the Falcons last week at home. This will be another home game. They're still in it to get that 1 seed, but um they do have to continue winning. And um, even if they lose this week, they're still in it to get the NFC West um, with that showdown next week versus Seattle. Moving on to the games on Sunday. Jaguars, Falcons, no implications here, but again, two teams that have head coaches fighting for their jobs. Ravens versus Browns, we talked about that earlier. The Ravens clinched the number one seed with a victory over Cleveland. The Browns would officially be eliminated for the 18th consecutive season. With a loss. The Saints and Titans, we got to see Drew Brees on Monday night break Peyton Manning's record for most touchdown passes in NFL history. The Saints are still trying to stay alive to try to get the number one seed in the NFC. As for the Titans, they have to win just to have a shot here to make the playoffs, whether it's for the AFC South or for the wildcard spot, the sixth and final wildcard spot. So big game there for them. Panthers-Colts, two teams that have no playoff implications as well, but the Panthers are expected to start rookie Will Greer in this game, so we'll get to see him a little bit. Um, That could have an effect on what they end up doing with Cam Newton in the future if Will Greer could perform well in these final two games. As for the Colts, they started so well, but they have collapsed. Um, this team still has a lot of great players, but the question will be, what is the situation here with Jacoby Brissett? Is he the quarterback for the future? I know they gave him a, a new two-year there, two-year deal in the offseason, but he's had his moments, but he's also had his downs this season. Um, these final two weeks will be something to watch there for the Colts. The Bengals, Dolphins, Giants, Redskins, we talked about that earlier. Teams don't play to lose, but these these two games will have some important um, draft positioning for the teams that win and the teams that lose. Steelers-Jets, Le'Veon Bell gets to play against his former team for the first time since leaving in free agency. As for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have to continue winning with Doug Hodges. He is staying as their starting quarterback even after that brutal game on Sunday Night Football versus the Buffalo Bills. A loss here and a Titans win on Sunday would send the Titans to the sixth seed while the Steelers would drop out of the playoff picture heading into Week 17. Lions and Broncos, two teams again, not in the playoff picture, um, but the Lions are bringing back Matt Patricia, as we said before. The Broncos, they are going to continue with Drew Locke as the quarterback. They believe he's the future. He'll have a chance here at home against the Lions. Raiders-Chargers, another game. No playoff implications, but um, two teams that had some hope to make some noise this year and have failed tremendously. This could be the final game, final home game for Phillip Rivers. cowboys eagles Cowboys win and they take over the NFC East. Not take over, but actually they clinch the NFC East with a victory. As for the Eagles, if they win here on Sunday and then they win next week versus the Giants, they clinch the NFC East. Cardinals, Seahawks. Seahawks have the number one seat as of right now. But they if they lose 49ers win, they once again flip positions in the NFC. That game next week, Seahawks and 49ers Will most likely get flexed onto Sunday Night Football. Chiefs and Bears. This game was not flexed out of the Sunday Night um, Sunday Night game, even though the Bears are eliminated from playoff contention. The amount of times that in this game we're going to hear about um, the Bears drafting. Mitchell Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes in the 2017 draft. It's going to be a lot of times. It's also Matt Nagy versus Andy Reid. Andy Reid obviously had Matt Nagy on his coaching staff so they face off for the first time since Nagy left. And then finally the Monday night game. This is a pretty straightforward. A Packers win over the Vikings would clinch the NFC North for Green Bay. A Vikings win over Green Bay would clinch a playoff berth. For the Minnesota Vikings, the Vikings also clinch a playoff berth with a Rams loss on Saturday night. That takes care of week 16. I'm going to put up a post on the website just to clear up all the scenarios and the seeding situations the playoff picture. It is very confusing right now. So many things could happen and teams could be moving around. Like I'll give you an example. If the Saints win their final two games and the Seahawks win their final two games, even though the Seahawks are at one right now and the Saints are at three, the Saints would move to one, the Seahawks would move to two. If Green Bay also loses a game. So it's very, very confusing how all this could end up playing out. I'm going to put a big post up on the website for you guys to understand everything. But that is how it is right now as we enter week 16. That does it for this week's My Sports Update football podcast. Another episode is in the books. And as I said in the opening... This podcast is now officially with the Blue Wire Network. We'll have a lot in store for this podcast in future weeks. It is very, very exciting. As for the NFL, there's only 32 regular season games left this season. We'll have teams just making the playoffs, a couple of teams just missing. Coaches fired, coaches hired, GMs fired, GMs hired, players declaring for the draft. A lot is going to be going down in the next couple of weeks. It is going to be real wild and all of it will be covered on the My Sports Update Twitter page. As always, one final reminder, before I sign off, you can find the My Sports Update football podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. I am your host, Ari Merov. I'll be back with a new episode next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy week 16 of the football season.